You're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast with host and Missouri Realtors CEO, John Seabree. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. Welcome back to the Missouri Realtors Podcast. I'm John Seabree, CEO of Missouri Realtors and your host for the podcast. With me today is Jack Greeson, political director at the National Association of Realtors. Welcome, Jack. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate you having me here today. It's great to have you with us. I know you're going to talk through some of the front burner legislative issues that are facing our industry and members right now. But before we jump into that, just to, to let our members know, many of them have met you at our state meetings, but you and I were colleagues at Florida Realtors. I'm forgetting how long that was. How long were we together there? Uh, I think more than four years ago now. Yeah, it's, well, I've been gone seven years, six and a half years. But, yeah, oh um, yeah, it's longer than that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's yeah been a long so, time. Uh, but it was good to work with you then and then now see you at the National Association of Realtors. And it's my understanding you cover 11 states, is that right? Yeah, I cover in 11 states. Uh, I start all the way over on the east coast of the country covering D.C. and Washington, kind of hopscotch my way across the country covering much of the Midwest, including Missouri, and then on to Colorado, Arizona, and Nevada, but 11 states across the country in total. And yeah. it's it's a unique district in the fact that um, it's a very bipartisan, very purple area. You know, even some of uh, the most red states have, you know, really substantial blue districts and it, it makes it a very interesting balance to uh, to work within those those states and those communities. Well, we appreciate what you're doing for us in Washington and out in the field. So to get us going here, um, you know, it's no secret that the what we still many of us still call the mid-year meeting is the favorite meeting of most realtors who attend NAR conferences and uh, we would be prepping to go to that meeting right about now since we would be there in a couple of weeks, but it's actually spread out over several weeks because it's virtual, right? Yeah, yeah. This year, we're, we're, we're having to take a, a different tack uh, as far as the meetings are concerned, obviously, because COVID is still a, a very real and relative thing for, um, for the country. And so uh, over the next couple, of, at least over the next two weeks, we're going to go through our legislative meetings. And so this is going to be opportunities for the Missouri members to uh, join via Zoom uh, and hear about the various legislative issues that we'll be working on this year. And um, then following those meetings, we're uh, organizing right now or coordinating with the states to uh, have meetings with our members of Congress to sit down and have some very in-depth dialogue about the issues that uh, we think are important, not only to our industry, but the country at large. Good. So why don't we jump into those? I'm eager to hear what some of the talking points are going to be when our members meet with their members of Congress. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Uh, you know, really this cycle, uh, you know, with, I, I think the best place to start is probably to talk about um, what's unique about this year. Uh, and, and this happens every time we have a new administration come in, we, we wind up having to um, relearn the trajectory of which, uh, you know, where the administration will be guiding us as far as the policy issues that they come up with. And so 
typically we come in with a with a preset number of issues that we're focused on or particular bills and this time we we've, we've sort of created buckets and these buckets really fall into you know three big areas the first is improving access to home ownership and, and uh, obviously we know right now the country is in um, an interesting housing position with a, a shortage of actual homes for people to purchase uh, that has created uh, various issues with regarding to not just purchasing, but also renting. Um, and so there's a lot of dialogue about how we can help it, it first in that arena uh, uh, and, and move, move the needle there. Uh, the second is trying to help facilitate our communities, you know, building stronger, more resilient communities by, su by supporting real estate, both commercial and residential. And so uh, this, I think, starts to look at uh, targeting the recovery efforts related to COVID and the things that we can do uh, in, in that arena. Because obviously, you know, as, as unemployment numbers continue to shift and we start to look at other things, you know, we, we want to deal, we, we want to be part of that conversation. And then lastly, uh, it, it has been a major priority of the realtors over the last, uh, you know, 18 months and is going to continue forward is, is moving the needle significantly on ensuring fair housing. Uh, you know, we've, we've had uh, some really tremendous successes this this last year or so, and so we're, we're starting on, on those three areas. And so, um, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, as we talk about these issues, there's just so many opportunities to to work with Congress and and talk about things that are there. But as um, as as many opportunities as out there that exist, they're also very diverse. And so. Um, you know, th those are ultimately the buckets we're going to start in. And then underneath each one of those, there's, you know, a number of bills that we're, that we're looking at to try and, and improve those things. So the talking points will actually have specific bill numbers that ask, you know, yep. your members yep. to support this or oppose that or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So for, for instance, you know, when we start talking about, you know, improving access to home ownership, one of the big uh, issues that's out there is, uh, the Housing Supply and Affordability Act, which in the Senate is uh, Senate Bill 902, and on the House side, it's HR 2126. And uh, it, this is a local grant program to, for cities and regional associations to enact fair housing policies at the local level, uh, or pro-housing policies at the local level. And so um, that is just one example. Neighborhood Reinvestment Act is another one. That's Senate Bill 98 in HR 2143 that we're gonna be encouraging our members to engage with. Uh, and um, both of them create pathways to create neighborhood stability through sustainable home ownership that are the goals of the legislation. Uh, and so we'll be asking various members to, to engage on those issues. There is a document that I refer to quite often on the website, the NAR website called, I think it's officially called Federal Issues A to Z. And I, point out to our realtor audiences oftentimes that there are hundreds and hundreds of issues. So it's important that a member realizes we may be focusing our efforts on a certain, these three bucket areas, for example, because we can't go to members of Congress and ask for a hundred things. We have to be a little more specific when we go in and, um, and try to keep our, our asks consistent, but also timely with the issues that we can maybe impact more now than sometime far in the future? Yeah, no, I, John, you bring up a great point. And I, I think it's a, I think it's an, a point that the average person, whether they're a realtor or not, doesn't realize, which is every legislative cycle, whether at the state, legis whether at the state level or at the federal level, 
or even in your county or city, there are any number, thousands of bills that are proposed that uh, never actually end up becoming law, just ideas. And uh, I think, you know, I think what the number, what is the number? On average, it's about two to three percent of any bill that's actually proposed, and either at the state or federal level, actually winds up becoming law. And you're right, it, you know, because of the such high numbers, you know, there are great ideas that come up, but they just don't ever actually end up growing legs. And uh, more importantly, right now, and it's something to think about as we start talking about these issues a little bit more in depth, is that you a lot of the direction that we are going with the legislation that we're pursuing is legislation that fits into the direction that the Biden administration is encouraging Congress to go in the Build Back Better program, um, or the Build Back Better Act, excuse me. And um, what we have targeted is what we think will fit into a quote unquote infrastructure package. And the goal there is to try and in, in, uh, encourage housing as part of infrastructure. Uh, it, it, you know, typically when we think of in infrastructure, we think of roads, we think of uh, bridges, you know, now we're starting to look at a broader use of broadband uh, as far as uh, what infrastructure is. You know, obviously COVID has shown us the need for, for access to broadband, but now we're looking at housing, realizing that the housing shortage has created a lot of the crisis that we're talking about. Whether you want to focus on the CDC eviction moratorium, whether you want to focus on just you know the general market itself, um, everything that we're we're looking at is in least some way related to its possibility to be impacted by COVID, part of the Build Back Better Act, uh, you know, or or fits into one of those larger packages that we see coming down the road. So. You know, infrastructure is a very interesting one for Missouri. Of course, every state has their infrastructure issues, but our members, we talk about this a lot because we are the exact center of the United States and we're seeing a lot of growth from companies like Amazon and FedEx that are relocating here because, you know, if you're trying to get a product to market, what better place than the exact center of the United States? And of course, we have more railroad lines than any other state in the United States. And we have the northernmost uh, ice-free port on the Mississippi River and just on and on. Um, the longest river in the United States, the actually in North America is the Missouri River. So infrastructure is huge for us. And we are hearing a lot on the national news right now about infrastructure and this infrastructure package. Do you have a prediction of where that ends up at the end of the day? You know, that, that's a really good question, John, and I don't, I don't think anybody has the answer. Um, if you're on, if you're part of the Democratic Party right now in Congress, the goal is to go real big. You know, two, two point eight trillion, I think, is the the latest number that we have heard coming out of of the Democrats. Uh, on the House side, they have proposed a six hundred and eighty billion dollar package that, you know, obviously is significantly smaller. And given the thin margins on both the House and the Senate side, you're going to have to wind up finding some level of compromise to get this done. Um, the expectation right now is that the Democrats are able to push forward using the reconciliation tool to um, be able to pass along a party line vote. However, uh, uh, you know, Senator Manchin in West Virginia, he is um, he seems to be the stopgap right now in, in making that happen. So. Um, you know, the future is uncertain, you know, uh, again, 
you've got a big package on one side, you've got a small package on the other. The possibility that it gets broken up into a couple of packages, meaning you do a smaller infrastructure package, and then maybe you do a smaller housing package after that, or maybe another COVID relief package, is still to be uh, uh, still to be foreseen. I mean, they they just we don't know yet, and we haven't seen any language to say what's going to be in there, and that's. That's, you know, when we go back and look at the talking points for NAR this cycle, I mean, those, that's some of the things that we're, we're focused on is trying to figure out what pieces of this puzzle are going to be in there and which ones are not. And uh, uh, right now, it, it, it's anyone's crystal ball to look in and read. So I'm going to give you a little useless piece of trivia, useless for you, important for Missourians. And that is that when the U.S. interstate system was created, the very first mile was laid right here in Missouri, in St. Charles, and the state's very proud of that. In fact, right now, our state legislature is in session for the next two weeks, and coming down to the wire is a pretty big gas tax increase that would fund infrastructure here. So we definitely, and we're supporting that because we know how important roads, bridges, and you know, you mentioned broadband, that's incredibly important to us. And so our members, we have a call for action live right now that will be live um, as people are listening to this podcast to try to get the legislature to pass that. So we're seeing that one here. So we've talked a lot about infrastructure. What else would you like to dive just a little bit deeper into? Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it's probably important to bring up, you know, what are we getting phone calls about? What are the issues that, that members are hearing a lot about? And I think first and foremost, the independent contractor status is obviously something of a great concern to our members. Um, a number of years ago, California, uh, with their AB5 legislation, Assembly Bill 5 in California, created what is referred to as an ABC test. And this, you know, in, in the simplest terms, it's a way to review whether or not someone is or is not a, uh, an employee or falls under an employee status. And there was, uh, there's concerns from members because it, it, it deals with, or at least tries to address independent contractors and whether or not a, a specific uh, company, you know, whether you fall under, under whether you are an employee uh, for a specific company. Anyways, uh, in California, when AB5 passed, there was a specific carve out for real estate, but it still obviously drew the ire of our, our, our members because it, it, it's addressing of independent contractor status. And so now at the federal level, we're starting to see uh, conversations related to independent contractor status through what is referred to as the PRO Act. Uh, and without getting too deep in the weeds on it, this is a piece of legislation that deals with the Federal Labor Relations Act and would apply an ABC test. And the focus is to create opportunities for waged employees to organize and unionize. And it's, um, it, deal, it, it addresses issues related to states that have right to work laws and basically circumvents those laws. Uh, because the ABC test is included in there and because there is a lack of clarity around how the ABC test is applied legally, uh, we obviously have concerns. And so um, while it's not, while the future of the PRO Act is, is not certain right now, there's a lot of opposition to the bill, both within the Democratic Party and obviously some other challenges ahead. You know, that's one thing we are very focused on and making sure that should this bill actually get some momentum that we would be able to step in and create a carve out for real estate. Um, we, we've got a lot of reassurance that this bill is not going to pass in its current form. So um, 
you know, we're, we're hopeful of that. However, um, you know, it's obviously something that we need to be paying attention to. Um, <clears throat> you know, a couple of other issues that obviously pop up uh, are related to the CDC eviction moratorium that, that's out there right now. It's obviously something that we've been focused on from the beginning. Uh, and our concerns are not with the focus of trying to keep renters in their home. It's the concerns of the financial liabilities that are applied as a result of the moratorium. And so as of today, the eviction moratorium has been extended four times, three, four times since last, uh, since last year. And only twice now in the last two COVID packages have we actually seen rental assistance being pushed out federally. Um, now, those programs are still managed by the state, and so the experience of whether those dollars are winding up in the hands of property owners is still a challenge, uh, and we are communicating that to Congress as often as we can to remind them that, you know, if, if they're going to, can, you know, if, if COVID remains a, a relevant thing for the near and long term for us, uh, and we need to focus on trying to keep people in in homes and make sure that they're not living on out on the streets or putting families out in uh, challenging times, that the, those efforts are coincided with some sort of financial stability for property owners. Because, you know, while there isn't a report that I think accurately re reflects total dollar value that it costs property owners right now, our estimates last year were roughly $87 billion was what it was going to be the financial burden for property owners who were uh, forced to um, re retain renters. And so, um, you know, the, the good sign, or at least the positive sign that we have seen is that the majority of renters have continued to pay their rent. And so um, while, while there, we are definitely hearing from people who uh, are suffering the financial ills of this experience, you know, we have heard positive things about renters. So, um, you know, ultimately, the, those are probably two big priority issues that we're hearing about right now. And obviously, the, there's, there's many, many more that are out there. But um, those are the big ones right now. And then obviously what is the future of, of, of COVID relief and what, what can we do um, is, is gonna be a big one as well. Well, I think that's a good place to plug um, the NAR resources um, on coronavirus, which are very easily accessible on the website. And the same for our members on the Missouri Realtor website, the big red banner on the front page uh, coronavirus resources for realtors. And we link to that NAR site and all of the resources that are available there as well, specifically on property owners, since you mentioned that most recently, our legislature did take that and run with it. The, the money that was coming from the federal government created a great program. And we've worked hard to get that message out to our members because they know that the majority of these rental properties are owned by mom and pops. These aren't big corporations and we've got to find ways to help those small investors who still have to pay mortgages so yeah well it's more than just mortgages you know so it so the statistic is roughly 40 percent of all rental property is owned by mom and pops and uh, when when you start talking to people about the challenges or the financial burdens of, of owning a rental business they they think oh it's just a mortgage well it's not just a mortgage it's insurance it's rent, it's upkeep, it's maintenance, it, it's all these other variables. And so while the estimate of 87 billion, it sounds like a high number, that could be much, much larger now that we're into almost the second full year, well, not second full year, but we're into the second year of an, a, a moratorium that's set to end on June 30th. But, you know, originally the administration wanted to push that till September 30th. And so, um, you know, the, there's a lot of variables still at play. And, and 
there's a lot of things that can can still push this push this down the road much much longer. Well, thank you for all that. Any um, as we close down here, any highlights of the NAR legislative meetings that you think members should tune into? Yeah, I, well, I, I think probably there's a couple of things that we should mention. First and foremost, a, you know, you brought up the websites, and I think those are two great opportunities for people to to engage. The first is obviously nar.realtor uh, forward slash coronavirus. That's where they're going to get all of the material uh, regarding NAR's efforts surrounding the various COVID packages, the things that we're working on today, the things that we're going to continue to work on down the road. And then uh, as far as the mid-year or, or the, our annual legislative meetings are concerned, it's legislative.realtor. And uh, this is going to link them directly to the legislative page where they're going to be able to get their hands on the legislative talking points and go in depth on what these issues are and start to develop their own narrative regarding how this issue might impact them back in back in Missouri. Um, as far as I think high level uh, uh, meetings are concerned over the next two weeks, there's probably three that they really, I think everybody should, should tune into. The first is obviously the, the federal issues briefing, which is gonna happen on, on Monday of next week. Um, this is the first opportunity to really get a glimpse of the issues that we wind up uh, talking about. After that, you obviously have the legislative and political forum, which again, is another opportunity to hear from high level speakers on the issues that are relevant to realtors. And then finally, the public policy coordinating committee. Uh, you know, you and I often use this old adage when we talk about, uh, you know, working in the legislative world, it's how the sausage is made, right? And, and this is a great opportunity for members to get at least some glimpse of of how we come up with our talking points, how we start to develop the issues that are priorities for our members. Uh, and more importantly, you know, if you go to the website and you start looking through, you can find the agenda. Every single one of our committee meetings is open for members to engage in. So you know, if you decide that you wanna become an insurance guru as far as legislative policy is concerned, you can join that meeting and start to hear from you know, your, your peers across the country, you can hear from industry experts, and it's got just a phenomenal opportunity to really um, understand what it is we do, how we do it, and more importantly, how members are driving our discussions and, and our actions here in Washington. Well, thanks for that. And for those that are listening, in order to access the meeting platform or to view or participate in any of those meetings, Jack was mentioning, you do have to register. So go to the website that he mentioned. Say that again, Jack. It's legislative.realtor. Legislative.realtor. And um, you can go through the agenda and actually check the meetings that you would like to add to your own personal agenda. And new this year is a feature to import those meetings to your own calendar. So I encourage you to do that. Jack, thank you so much for being with us today. I know we could talk for a really long time. We look forward to diving into those talking points even further. And um, thank you to all the Missouri Realtors who are listening today. We'll see you on the next Missouri Realtors podcast.